Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. recorded in James chapter 5 verses 1 through 20. Now listen you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Your Parisian well testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. 
Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. We rise for the gospel. St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And I included the, uh, the, uh, uh, the verse numbers in here. You'll notice that there's some that aren't in there. Uh, and that's because if you look in your Bibles, there are some times where there are uh, passages that in some of the earliest documents we have, they're, 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 those passages aren't in there. Uh, and so they keep them out. Uh, the later passages, later uh, uh, translations or later uh, records uh, have those passages. Not anything that really uh, changes anything as far as salvation goes, but uh, that's why there are a couple spots there where they're like that. Teacher, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can at the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not, whoever is not against us is for us. I tell you the truth. Anyone who gives you a cup of cold water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. 
And if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than, than with two hands and go into hell where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. James chapter 5, where James writes, Are there any among you in trouble? They should pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, our troubles overwhelm us and bring your peace into the chaos in our lives. Fill us with the hope and the joy at your presence. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. James wrote, are there any among you who are in trouble? Well, how about that? Show of hands. How many of you are troubled in some way? (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, trouble's a constant companion in our lives, in our journey through life, isn't it? I mean, some days it seems like it's more intense than others. Uh, Some days we're trouble-free, but you can be sure that trouble eventually rear its ugly head and bring that disorder and chaos into our lives. Some days, because of our troubles, we wonder how we can even go on. I think we're all aware of how things can change in an instant, in sickness, how sickness or an accident, a virus or a broken relationship or how a misunderstanding or financial problems can take, our, our, take away our happiness and change it into things like worry and stress and uncertainty in just, in just an instant, right? The word that James uses for trouble here doesn't mean just a particularly distressing thing that happens to us. But it's also the effect that this trouble has on us internally, right? Uh, Physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually. The trouble affects our ability to cope. And it's easy to feel as if we're about to be overwhelmed. Sometimes it is the trouble that we face. 
Maybe it's a disappointment in ourselves. Maybe it's that goal that we wanted to achieve, but uh, we never quite got there. Uh, maybe it's a temptation that we struggle with and we just can't let go of it. Maybe it's the way we react to a certain person, or maybe it's uh, uh, the worry and anxiety that just takes such a firm grip on our hearts and in our minds. I mean, we've, we've seen that, haven't we, in the last uh, year and a half? How this increase, that worry, that anxiety, that fear uh, that grips our, our, ourselves, our family, our nation. You know, a person who faced this kind of trouble was Jonah. Remember how Jonah made the choice not to obey God, right? Basically, God told Jonah, I need you to go this way. And Jonah said, thank you very much. I'll go that way, right? Uh, and, and God went on the other way. That bad decision led to a whole host of troubles for Jonah. Ended up on a ship, ended up in a storm, uh, being thrown overboard, then swallowed by a great fish. And in the midst of that, we read in Jonah, Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord as God. When I was in trouble, Lord, I prayed to you, and you listened to me. Trouble. The trouble Jonah was referring to was this. He was in the inside the intestines of a great fish. He was in the world of the dead. He thought he would never again be able to worship God. And that description in, in, in Jonah being tangled up in the seaweed at the bottom of the sea is that description of that despair and hopelessness that was overwhelming him. The trouble in which he found himself was too great for him to be even, even to begin to free himself. There was nothing he could do except to pray. Does that sound familiar at all? I mean, isn't that true of us and our lives? Because when trouble comes our way, as we just sang about, we, we try to find our own solutions to the trouble that we're in. Uh, maybe we'll get an advice from a counselor to solve our personal troubles, or uh, maybe we go to a financial counselor to get uh, fix our money troubles, or go to a doctor to mend our health issues, and, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking for help uh, in those areas, but to only to do only that, to do only that, and to forget that we have a God who dearly loves us and is deeply concerned about everything that happens to us, well, that's the short change, the impact God can have on the troubles that we face. To keep God, a lot of times people want to keep God at an arm's length, to keep God at arm's length uh, when we are in trouble, uh, and, and to not to turn to him and to seek his help first and foremost is really to turn our back on him, to turn our back on the only one who truly has the power to help us in our time of need. For the Christian, trouble carries with it a message, and the message is this, turn to God and talk to him in prayer. Trouble reminds us that we need to get in touch with God, to call upon his name in prayer, to draw on his strength and on his power. When trouble comes, it's a common thing to worry, and worry then leads to stress. Stress that gets out of control leads to things like despair and hopelessness. Think about it. How often do you catch yourself worrying, being anxious over the things you don't have any control over to change? 
I mean, how often do you find yourself worrying about maybe it's the past or, or about the future, and those things just keep wearing you down? Paul gives this advice in Philippians 4, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. What a joy it is to be able to turn to God and talk to him when trouble comes our way. I mean, that's what Jonah did. His prayer in the great fish was, when I was in trouble, Lord, I prayed to you and you listened to me. Whether trouble comes as a result of our disobedience, like in Jonah's case, or if it comes even though we're innocent bystanders, it makes no difference. Trouble has a way of testing us. Trouble has a way of testing our character, our inner strength, our ability to endure. Trouble will cause us to question, question uh, uh, and wanting to demand answers of God. Trouble may even cause us to question if God truly loves us. It'll cause us to question why he allows this to happen uh, to those whom he loves, these things. You know, I said earlier that the word for trouble here isn't just the external physical things that arise in our lives. But it's also the inner turmoil, the inner havoc, uh, the distress, the misery, the tribulation, the things that causes in our hearts and our souls and our minds. You know, sometimes God's answer to prayer to our prayers isn't so much to take away that external physical problem, but rather to deal with the issues that we have within us. That may mean that he gives you the strength the courage, the endurance, the, the, the faith, the ability to see the bigger picture, to the inner peace and the calm, the confidence to deal with the trouble that you're facing. Knowing that, that you have the inner strength and the power of God with you. In times of trouble, turn to God. Commit that trouble you're dealing with to him. Trust him, right? Trust in his love for you. Trust that he's going to do what's best for you. Trust that he's always going to stand by his word of promise to you. In Psalm 50, pray to me in times of trouble, I will rescue you and you will honor me. Pray to God, trusting in the love that he has shown to you through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He has done so much to get you out of the trouble of sin and death, and he's not going to give up on you now in that present trouble that you now face. Pray to God, trusting that even though his answer may be different than what you might have been expecting, his answer is one that is always given in love, isn't it? Pray, trusting that even though uh, external physical troubles may still persist, that God's promised to help you with that inner struggle, right? The inner spiritual and emotional burden that that trouble is causing you. Here's a way of understanding this. Maybe you've heard of a, a Christian preacher uh, writer by the name of Tony Campolo. Told a story uh, years ago about a time where he was called to come and pray uh, with a man at a, at a worship service. Uh, the man had cancer, the man was bitter toward God, and, and yet at the urging of his wife, he came to worship that day, and, and Tony and, and some others uh, prayed with him that day. Uh, Tony Campolo got a, a phone call about a, a week later, and the wife reminded Tony of what had happened in that particular day, and he was, uh, he was overjoyed because he heard her speak about the cancer sort of in the past tense, like things were better. Uh, but that joy was sort of really short-lived because she said that her husband had died. 
But she went on to tell him of, of the past, his past, his anger against God, the bitterness. And she said, when you prayed with him, he reconnected with God. The last few days were days of peace. She said they sang, they prayed, they read the Bible together. And then she says some pretty profound words. She said, he wasn't cured, but he was healed. That's an important distinction, isn't it? He wasn't cured, but he was healed. Make no mistake about it. God does always, always answers prayer in amazing and spectacular ways. I mean, one moment Jonah slosh around in the belly of a great fish, the next thing he's sailing through the air with all kinds of half-digested fish gunk, you know, and seaweed, and, and he lands on the, on the shore with a splat. Nothing short of something miraculous. But we don't always see that, do we? When we don't see amazing answers to our prayers uh, for a sickness to be healed or uh, an accident victim to recover or a fire or storm to be averted, when, when what happens is that we become heartsick and question God's love. We question God's intention behind these apparent senseless acts of destruction. You know, there are times the healing is different. The healing is deeper, the healing more hidden, as in the case of that man with cancer. Not the healing of the disease, but the healing of his relationship with God and his family. You know, the struggle is always here with us, isn't it? I mean, we look at the situation of so many people in our world who are in so great a need. There are people in war zones. There are people starving. There are people that don't have any homes. There are uh, people with no medical help, people uh, trapped in human trafficking, people with devastating illnesses. There's so much misery. So where do we begin? We begin where we always do. We pray, right? Many of us pray about it every day. Sometimes we're not sure how good it does. Because when it's all said and done, there are a lot of questions about prayer, as well as God's response to our prayers that, quite frankly, I don't have an answer to. I don't know about you, but I've got a long list of questions to ask God when I get into enter eternity, right? I, mean, I want to know why he answered prayers, some of the prayers the way that he did, right? But, but my guess is that on that day in eternity with God, surrounded by uh, the, the family and friends of the faith, I'm pretty sure I'm going to look back on my life and go, oh, I get it, Lord. Maybe with some amazement, too. Let's remember, our Lord entered a troubled life during a troubled time taught a troubled people, leaders that were troubled by his word and by his actions and his sacrifice. He carried the troubles, the sins of the whole world. Isaiah reminds us in Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. And, uh, and, uh, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. All the cares, the troubles, and despair that have crossed my path and yours, a lot of times keep us from seeing the bigger picture of Jesus. They, they move our thoughts away from the promised future, that day when we stand with that multitude around the throne of the Lamb. In the center of that, the bigger, grander picture, a picture dotted with so much confusion, in the center of it all is always the faithfulness and love of Almighty God. It is this faithfulness, it's this love that we can trust in. Even when we we don't understand the troubles in our lives. Until that day, we're called upon to take our troubles to God in prayer. The question that remains for us are these. Maybe we're asking, well, how can I, in a greater way, take all these fears and anxieties to him? How can I trust and rely on God in his faithfulness? How can I frame each day in prayer, beginning, ending, and surrounding it with God? How can I prevent the, 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 the busyness of each day from overtaking that quiet time to talk with and listen to God? Jesus says this about prayer. He says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. So we begin where we always do. We pray about it. Listen to James in our reading. He get encouragement from him. He says, pray for one another. And we do. Pray for the people who need help, whether you know them personally or not. Pray for the people that can make a difference in the lives of those people. I mean, we have that in our weekly prayer sheet, all the different people that are in need of prayer. Pray for our world leaders. Pray for our national and state leaders. Pray for those who have the ability and means to help those that are suffering. Pray for a better world. Pray for those that are risking their lives to help others, right? Police officers, firefighters, and soldiers. Pray for those that are struggling with illnesses that will take their lives. Pray for the doctors, nurses, and medical personnel as they help others in their struggles. Pray for the church, really. Pray for all of us, right? To proclaim God's truth in gentleness and love. To proclaim it, though. You know, when we look at the human misery in the world, we can easily just go, (laughs) throw up our hands and say that it's all hopeless. Way too hard and too big to be solved with too few words. Jonah could have thought of his situation in that way. Just give up. You're a goner. Inside the guts of that fish, he would have ever thought about getting out of that alive, but he turned to God, he prayed, and he trusted. We're asked to do the same thing in our lives and for our world. When everything seems to be out of control, when everything seems to be too big for us, nothing is too big, nothing is too way out of control for God to handle. And he urges us to come to him to pray and to trust in his love. James says the prayer of the righteous man, the righteous woman is a powerful and effective. Someone else said, uh, I like this too, The hands that find themselves in prayer are the very hands in the best position to make a change. (laughs) Are we in trouble? Of course we are. (laughs) On this side of eternity, we always will be. In our troubles, let's turn to the one who endured the troubles of sin, the troubles of death, and the troubles of the devil for you and for me. The one who conquered all of our troubles there on the cross in empty tomb. Let's give our troubles to him. Amen.
Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.